Welcome to this week's energy show. I have a question for you. How much heat could a heat pump pump if a heat pump could pump heat? It's like how much wood would a woodchuck chuck, right? But technically, with heat pumps, the answer to that question is about three. Now, heat pump, what a dumb, geeky name for what's arguably the most important climate modification device known to man. Is it too good to be true? Well, let's kind of dig into that. Now, a heat pump is really just a refrigerator backwards. Now, spelling-wise, that would be a rotator giffer. Okay, I think heat pump is a better name than a rotator giffer, and that's not saying much. All right, so here's why heat pumps are so important and are becoming so popular. In most climates, they're the least expensive way to heat air for heating and to heat water. And when they're powered by renewable energy, wind or solar or hydro, you don't need to burn any fossil fuels for heating, air, and hot water in buildings. Now, almost every building, I would say every building in the U.S. has one or more heat pumps, but they're usually operating in a refrigeration mode. They're cooling down the buildings. They're air conditioners or they're little refrigerators. Now, your car has an air conditioner too. It's a very established technology for cooling, and it's now being used widely all over the world for heating also. Now, at my house, I counted them up. We've got seven heat pumps, a kitchen fridge, an old fridge in the garage, a wine cooler, a heat pump HVAC system, heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. We just call it HVAC. A heat pump water heater and two cars with air conditioning. I bet you're surrounded by heat pumps too. Now, air conditioning is one of the most important inventions to our 21st century, 20th century lifestyle. It's unmanageable to build cities in hot climates without air conditioning. They basically didn't exist. I mean, you know, you had some people living in these really hot places, but you couldn't run an office. You couldn't really have a lot of people in one room. They'd just be miserable. So indeed, growth in many parts of the world did not happen until air conditioning was practical. I mean, you know, in the Middle East, you would not have economies like that without air conditioning. Now, air conditioning uses a ton of electricity, but that's an, another topic. Now, office buildings in warm cities basically must shut down during a blackout. Could you imagine working in a high-rise in Miami, in Dallas, in Phoenix, or Atlanta on a hot summer day without air conditioning? Everybody would have to go home. Now, many of these buildings probably have emergency generators so that they can run the lights and so that they can run the HVAC and the elevators so people can continue to work. Now, I don't know, maybe 100 years ago or so, some bright engineer decided to use the waste heat from an air conditioner to actually heat a building. Now, we're using the same refrigeration system. That's what they called it when I was in college, the refrigeration system, only it's operating backwards to heat buildings and to heat water. Now, here's a quick technical overview of how a heat pump works. Now, in a heat pump or a refrigeration system, there's an electrically operated compressor that kind of does the pumping, and it moves a special refrigerant fluid from a hot section of the system, usually called the condenser, where heat is released, it gets hot, and then the heat's released, to a cold section of the system, which is usually called the evaporator, where cold air is released. So, just think about your home fridge. The compressor is that little black cylinder. If you ever kind of looked underneath your fridge, probably a leak or some creature crawled under there. You know, there's some fans and there's this black thing and I'm sure a ton of dust and gross stuff like mine. But there's a compressor, usually at the bottom back of the fridge. 
And there's a fan that's kind of cooling things down there. And the exhaust goes under and around the fridge. The exhaust from the refrigerator is warm air. And it goes around the fridge. Sometimes it comes out the vents on the bottom. Sometimes it comes out on vents on the top. But inside the fridge, in the fridge and the freezer compartment, cold air is generated when circulated over the evaporator. So if you look in your fridge or in your freezer, there's some cold coils. Sometimes they're covered with frost. The evaporator part gets really cold. And then in the bottom back of the fridge, there's usually some a little heat exchanger, some coils, and you've got warm air coming off of that. Now, an air conditioner is the same thing. I mean, the easiest example is to think about a room air conditioner. It's one of those things that you stick in a window. In that air conditioner, the compressor and the condenser are usually kind of hanging on the outside of the house because the compressor can make a little bit of noise, and the condenser is where you're getting the hot airflow. You don't want that on the inside of the house. And the evaporator, which is the cold part, which generates the cold air, is indoors, and there's a fan inside that blows that cold air out. So it works really, really well. So... A heat pump would just be the same thing. You just kind of turn it around backwards. I mean, if you had a room air conditioner and you somehow figured out a way to install it into your house backwards, you'd get hot air going into the house and you get cold air coming out. Maybe you could use it during a really cold day. So heat pumps are actually very cleverly designed where they can be switched. You don't have to turn the whole thing around. You can actually switch the flow of that refrigerant with some special valving so that they can operate in both a heating mode when it's cold or in a cooling mode. All right. So why is there so much excitement about heat pumps? Why are they better than a gas furnace or electric heat? There's one simple reason. You get three times more heat out of a heat pump than the heat energy it takes to run the heat pump. That compressor uses energy, but because you're actually moving heat, you get three times more heat out of it than the heat value of the energy, the electricity that goes in. So the same thing is for a heat pump heating system or a hot water heater. So it's three times more efficient than an electric heating system or an electric hot water heater, and it's almost always cheaper to operate than a gas furnace or a gas water heater. It depends on the relative rates of electricity and natural gas or, or methane. Now, many heat pump systems have an efficiency of about 300%. It depends on the relative temperatures outside and inside. It depends on the design of the system. But that's compared to the kind of maximum efficiency you can get with an electric heating system. Just think about electric baseboard heat where you're just running some electricity through those baseboards, those wires at the corner of the rooms. They have an efficiency of about 95%. Almost all the electricity is turned into heat. Some of that heat goes kind of in the wrong direction, but again, it's almost 100% efficient. Now, caveat, my thermodynamics teachers in college would shoot me, but I'm using the efficiency term very loosely. Technically, it's impossible from a thermodynamic standpoint to have an efficiency over 100%. So how does a heat pump get to 300%? Now, without getting arrested for breaking the first law of thermodynamics, a heat pump HVAC system actually moves heat from outside the house on a cool or a cold day to indoors to heat your house or office. So it's kind of not that intuitive because you say, well, it's a cold day. Where's the heat? Well, there is heat in the air. And what a heat pump will do is it'll actually make that air cooler. So it's taking heat out of the cold air, making that cold air even colder. And it moves that heat inside. So when the heat pump is running, warm air blows out of the ductwork in your house and cold air, even colder than the ambient air, exhausts from the condenser outside. And that's the trick. So heat's removed from the outdoor air, making the exhaust from the outdoor condenser even colder. Now here's an example of my house. I was kind of curious about what the numbers would be. So I, I went outside on a cold day. It was 40 degrees outside. The air temperature outside was 40 degrees, right? So 
Okay, got to cut me some slack here. I'm in San Jose. 40 degrees is cold for us compared to, you know, where I grew up on the East Coast where, you know, it wasn't cold until it got down to zero degrees Fahrenheit. It was 40 degrees outside. And I put a thermometer on the exhaust of the heat pump that was heating our house up to a comfortable like 72 degrees. And the exhaust coming out of the heat pump was 30 degrees. So it was even colder if you stood in front of the exhaust from the heat pump. Now, that's the same heat pump condenser that when air conditioning in the house, it's running in the other direction. Hot air comes off of that condenser and cold air is going into the house. So it was very, very cool. So heat was removed from the outside air. Outside air went from 40 degrees down to 30 and hot air was blowing from the ductwork in the house, making the house comfortable. That hot air was probably 80 or 90 degrees. I didn't measure that. All right. So these things are so efficient that new buildings in California are encouraged to have heat pumps instead of gas appliances. And many Silicon Valley cities actually require heat pumps for new homes. So HVAC contractors over the last five or six years have getting a little bit more comfortable with putting in heat pumps to replace gas furnaces. And also they combine to provide air conditioning. So you take out that old gas furnace when it dies and you put in a highly efficient heat pump. You also replace your old air conditioner because it's the same thing. And that heat pump will provide all the heating and cooling you need with one unit. Very cool. So my house has a heat pump. I replaced our old gas furnace, made some extra room in the garage. We took out that old furnace. We took out the old air conditioning compressor, this big, big round thing that died. And we installed an outdoor heat pump unit with two zones. So basically there's one zone that, that heats the downstairs and one zone that heats the upstairs, but actually just one unit outside. Very, very cool. At the same time, this is just kind of an, an aside, but I live in a 50-year-old house, and it also made sense for us to replace the ductwork. And a lot of the ductwork wasn't metal ductwork. There was just this coiled stuff. 50 years, you could sit there and you can patch it. It's really, really difficult to do. But we just put in brand new, highly insulated ductwork. So my advice, if your ductwork's old, this is the time to replace it. So now our house no longer uses methane or natural gas for heating at all. And we kind of took it a few steps further, but that's another topic. All right. So... We talked about heat pumps being way more efficient. So what, right? What does that mean in terms of saving money? All right. So I got in some examples here. For example, my house, once again, 2,200 square foot home in San Jose, built in 1970. Before we put in the heat pump, we used 520 therms of methane, also known as natural gas. We bought that methane from PG&E. And at the current rate, it's right now at $2.20. So I'm just using current energy prices. It would have cost us about $1,100 to heat our house at current methane rates. That's how much we were spending. When we converted to the heat pump, now we're not using any natural gas to heat. Oh, gone. But we are using more electricity. So doing the calculations and the conversions, the heat pump's using 3,800 kilowatt hours a year from PG&E. So we basically stopped paying them for the therms of methane, and now we're paying them for more electricity. But not really because we have solar. So if we didn't have solar, it would have cost $1,178 to heat the house with an electric heat pump at current PG&E rates. But if you use your own solar power, which the, you know, the solar power is like eight or nine cents a kilowatt hour, and that's the life cycle cost of that solar, it's only going to cost $304 to heat the house with the electric heat pump if you use your own solar power. And I'm not saying that solar is free. I'm saying, listen, you're generating so much energy. When you amortize the cost of that energy over the 25-year life of the system, it works out to be about eight cents. So we're only spending $304. So you save $800 a year on heating bills. That's what I've saved on heating bills. So it really helped the solar system pay back. Plus, when I put this in, it wasn't available, but plus many locations in California and other states have pretty big rebates 
I read somewhere that the rebates in some parts of Silicon Valley are up to $4,000 for the installation of a heat pump HVAC system. Now, these heat pump HVAC systems can be scaled up. They work great for commercial buildings, too. Our office, we kind of moved into this old building and we renovated it. We took out all the old gas equipment and we put in six brand new heat pumps on the roof. And that replaced all the old rooftop heating and air conditioning. It's actually faster to do that than to put the solar on the roof. But once we put the solar on the roof, we're going to be really sitting pretty. Now, we talk mostly about heat pumps that are air-to-air heat pumps. When they're in the heating mode, they cool the outdoor air and they generate warm air for indoors. But there's also systems that make hot water using a very similar heat pump technology, kind of almost the same as your refrigerator, for hydronic heating systems. So if you have radiators in your house or in-floor radiant heating systems, you can get a heat pump that will heat hot water or some kind of special solution that doesn't corrode. Basically, that hot water would be heated by the heat pump, You don't need to burn natural gas to do that. And then you'd be able to heat your house just exactly the same way. Now, other technologies that are out there, there's another technology which is called a ground-coupled heat pump. That's where you have water or some kind of refrigerant in coils in the ground. It can be in a well or it can be kind of a long linear trench. And you can actually get heat from the ground to heat the water. And the reason why that's intriguing is because the earth temperature is pretty steady at about 55 degrees in most of the U.S. Usually ground temperature within five feet or so is usually the average annual temperature. And actually these ground coupled heat pumps is how I started with heat pumps over 40 years ago. We developed the first ground coupled heat pump system in Billerica, Massachusetts. We drilled these really deep wells. We put in these pipes with the refrigerant and we're actually cooling down the water and this well when we wanted to heat. And then when we wanted to use the air conditioning, we actually heated that water up. Really, really good concept. And it's gotten way, way, way better than what we did back 40 years ago or so. But the hottest types of heat pump right now, figuratively hotter, not literally hotter, the hottest type are actually heat pump water heaters. These heat pump water heaters are a direct replacement for traditional gas or electric tank water heaters. You think about that big cylinder that's sitting in your basement or your garage or a closet somewhere. You can take that thing out and you can put in a heat pump water heater that's going to be all about the same size. And it doesn't have any flame. It doesn't have an exhaust. It's much, much safer. It's not going to you know, cause an explosion like just happened in Cuba. A hotel blew up in Cuba, probably from natural gas. So these heat pump water heaters are direct replacements for traditional tank water heaters. You could probably also replace a flash water heater or an instant hot water heater, but a lot of times those things are designed, they're a little bit smaller and they're tucked in. So the heat pump water heater, you're going to need room for a hot water tank. Many plumbers now are accustomed to installing these heat pump units. You're going to have to be specific with the plumber because the ones I contacted initially, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But now, even at the big box retailers, you can see heat pump water heaters basically being offered for sale. So these heat pump water heaters, just like heat pump HVAC systems, they're way more efficient than gas or electric hot water heaters, which means they're much cheaper to operate than a gas or electric hot water heater if you have solar. For example, if you have a 65-gallon hot water heater, that's typically what you need for like a family of two to four or five people. In my experience, we used 120 therms of methane, also known as natural gas from PG&E. That was about 10 therms a month. That's how much my wife and I, when the kids are over, that's how much we use. So when I multiply it out based on the current prices of methane, 
It was $264 a year to heat hot water with our old gas hot water heater. It was a tank that sat in the garage, and they usually last about 13 years, according to DOE. And it was just sitting there. And I decided, because it was big rebates from San Jose, and there still are, we paid about $264 per year to heat the hot water. We decided to convert that old natural gas hot water heater to a heat pump, clean, renewable heat pump. It just took the old one out, put the new one in, they put a new stand in, basically used the same piping. Everything went really smoothly. And now, instead of using that 120 therms of methane per year, we use 870 kilowatt hours of electricity from PG&E. I know because the heat pump water heater actually has a way to monitor how much energy it's using. And you know, that's what it's using. So if I were to buy that electricity from PG&E, it would have cost me $261 to heat the water with the electric heat pump at off-peak PG&E rates, which is what people would normally do. So it's about the same as if I was buying natural gas. But since I have solar, it's costing me about $70 to heat the water with an electric heat pump because the solar is so cheap. So we're saving over $200 a year on our water heating bills. We've got a perfectly safe water heating system. I don't have to worry about any natural gas fumes in the house or in the garage. And, you know, the other is an additional inducement, and you got to check your locations. Many places have rebates of over $2,000 for the installation of a heat pump water heater. I took advantage of, I think it was a $2,500 rebate in San Jose. And, you know, when you take that rebate and you, you find the right contractor, you can actually put one of these things in for less than a natural gas heater. Okay, we covered a lot of ground here. To summarize, heat pumps are three times more efficient than conventional gas and electric heaters. If you replace your old gas, HVAC, or hot water heater with a heat pump, you'll stop using natural gas, but you're still going to use electricity. So your electric bill is going to go up, your gas bill, if you put both of these things in and then put an induction cooktop, zero gas bill. Great. So if you don't have solar, you're probably going to spend about the same amount of money on electricity as you did for natural gas. It's pretty similar. Now, it really depends on the relative rates between natural gas and electricity. And these things just fluctuate madly, seasonally, and also because of what's going on in the world. Now, so you're going to spend about the same on electricity as natural gas. That's the case right now in California. Unless the price of natural gas keeps going up kind of faster than electricity. Which actually is going to happen now due to the war in Ukraine. Europe and a lot of the rest of the world is depending on Russia and gas and oil, and the U.S. is doing everything they possibly can to ship natural gas, to ship methane in ships over to Europe and other parts of the world. So I think, personally, this is not self-serving, that the price of natural gas is going to continue to go up. So if you have rooftop solar to power your HVAC heat pump or your hot water heater, you're going to save a lot of money on heating bills because you're not going to be spending 30 or 40 cents a kilowatt hour like we are right now in California. You're going to be spending 8 cents a kilowatt hour. That's probably even less in other parts of the country because electricity from solar is just really, really cheap. Okay, so to wrap up, here's my advice. It's very likely that if you're in California, you're going to be electrifying your home in the future. Pretty soon now, as your appliances die, you're going to say, gee, you know, the right thing to do right now is to get an electric vehicle or get a heat pump water heater or get a heat pump HVAC system or induction cooktop. When the appliances die, that's the time to replace them. Definitely encourage you to change out these appliances earlier, but it's expensive. But if you're replacing an old gas appliance with a new heat pump, when the old gas appliance dies, your economics are going to be way better. And when you make that change... Everything's going to be better. The air is going to be cleaner. It's going to be safer. And it's often going to be cheaper. So 
when you're looking into this also, make sure you find a contractor that's experienced and find contractors that can help you get the rebates that are available. So these rebates, just like rebates for everything else, they kind of come and go. And maybe you're going to decide, hey, my hot water heater is 10 years old. The rebate for heat pump water heaters in San Jose is now $2,000. It's going to expire in a year. That's the time to take advantage of it. Or you see when you get some nice rebates on the heat pump HVAC system. Now, keep in mind that if you have rooftop solar and a battery, it can power almost everything in your home if you size things right. So think about the earthquake in 1989 here in California. I mean, that that wiped out everything. There was no electricity and there was no natural gas because the natural gas pipes, some of them were broken and some of them depended on electricity. If you've got a battery backup solar system, you can power your house with everything just powered from the roof. So, So let's take a look at from the perspective of solar combined with heat pumps. We're a very interesting time in the solar industry. Sometimes people think that interesting times is really just a curse. In some cases it is. Right now is the best time to install solar. There's a high tax credit of 26%, which is going down to 22% next year. And you can still get in on net metering too, which is almost currently right now going to be about twice as beneficial as the net metering three that's going to go into effect at the end of 2022. We're seeing paybacks for solar, just solar, really fast solar paybacks in the four to seven year range. Why? Because electricity has gotten ridiculously expensive and it's going up faster than it ever has. And we're seeing paybacks for battery systems in the six to nine year range, which is also really, really fast. So consider a solar powered heat pump for your heating, cooling, and a hot water. If you have solar, it's also going to power your EV. You're going to save a lot of money and you're going to live in a cleaner, safer carbon zero home. All right. That's all the time we have on this week's energy show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.